All right, Father, we thank you for this evening. <sighs> just take a moment just to move our focus off of all the things we've been doing today. Put our focus on you, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to come together as a group of guys and and do what you tell us to do, which is just to focus on you through your word. We thank you for the presence, between your presence and the spirit and the word that you've given us, Lord, that we can personally know you. We pray that today as we open up the word of God, as we open up the words you have for us, that you will speak to us personally. You will speak to us collectively. Convict us where we need to be convicted, Lord. Have us turn and repent where we need to repent. Have us demonstrate and live out and show the fruit of the Spirit that we'll be looking at tonight, Lord. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for going through just that horrendous sacrifice that you gave for us. Help us to just remind us that we have no excuse. No excuse with you now living in us. That we are to be people that exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. Guide us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, um, so good opening prayer. I like that. <laughs> well done. I'm tired tonight. I'm trying to get my energy back. <laughs> um, so it was so last week. Um, for those of you who weren't here, um, I was celebrating my anniversary with my wife. Um, it's sort of funny because Tom actually um, took me. We mostly when we would go to lunch, we would go to the sushi place. Um, down off of down Laguna de Gal, and that's where Michelle and I just moved to. And then last time, I think we went, I think it was the last time we went to lunch. He took me to the sandwich place in this little marketplace right by the sushi place. And so I took my wife there. I don't know, a couple months ago for the first time. Now, whenever she's hungry, she goes, "Why don't you go down to that place and get me a sandwich?" <laughs> really good. Yeah. So. Um, what place is this? It's a. It's called the Market. Monarch Beach Plaza or something. Yeah. Um, Ca- a Corner of Del Avion and Miguel. Miguel Road. Yeah. Just got the. Just got really good sandwiches. What, what's the place though? It's the sandwich place. It's I can't remember the name of yeah, it. Yeah, it's called like I think it says the Market. Something like something Market. Okay. Yeah. So. It's, it's like it's you wouldn't even know it's there. In there. Hmm? That's one it's the, the only market yeah. in that little center. There's yeah. probably eight storefronts. And, um, you mean the grocery store? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's okay. like a little mini grocery store, but they have this great deli. Yeah. Look for a sushi place. Yeah, exactly. Then. Go to the right. And then you get the Italian place next to that. <laughs> and that's there right. Is, but around that's the corner, exactly right. Yeah, there is an Italian You're right. place. Brio. Have you heard of Brio? Yeah. yeah. That's in the center. It's right next to that. Yeah. See, I can remember one name. <laughs> um, I, I anyway, so last week, uh, when Jeff was sort of leading, he, he recorded it, which was really a blessing for me 
because I got to hear you guys express some of the ways in which this, you know, what we've been going through in Galatians has really impacted you. So it was really an interesting discussion um, to sort of just hear that. To it? Yeah, I did. Oh, yeah, man. so I was really encouraged by that. Um, <clears throat> so you know, we're getting. You think, you think we don't pay attention? Well, you know, it's just every once in a while it's good to be reminded. <laughs> You're actually paying attention and applying inside. The word's actually thing. working, doing its work, getting inside of you. Um, and we are, um, you know, for those of you who've been think this for a long time with me, it's like we are actually getting to, towards the end of Galatians. Um, my expectation is we probably have a few more weeks left. So um, we're, we're getting there. Uh, finally, and I think I determined that we are on now week 30. Um, so, <laughs> making good progress. Uh, I know, can you believe that? 30 weeks. I thought it was longer than that. Oh, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought we were coming up to a year. <laughs> no, well, no. 30 weeks, and it's, you know, half a year, almost. You know. Yeah, 30 weeks isn't very long. Yeah. About six weeks per chapter. <laughs> so moving along. Um, so today, as I think I told you before, today we're going to focus on the lists that are in Galatians 5. Um, there's two lists that they give us, that Paul gives us there. And we're going to really try to focus on those and see what we can learn as we actually go through these two lists here in Galatians 5, um, basically 19 through 24. Um, before we look at those, um, question, I was thinking, actually, Pete, um, when Pete was here, I think, for the first time a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and the question I asked at the time, which mostly I don't know, but with a question like this, if you remember the question, right, was yeah. like, remember the question? Yeah, it was like, what sins have you committed today? <laughs> right. I was yeah. like, see you guys. No, I'm just I am <laughs> out of here. I've been in Oregon, I swear. I wasn't just in the back of the week. Why yet? I thought, I thought that, well, if I don't see Pete again, I guess we'll know why. Um, so t- tonight, I want to not ask that question, but I want to open with a question regarding sin, because we're going to be looking at sin in a few minutes. Um if you were to, to characterize uh, what are the popular sins today that the church, and by church I can mean that very broadly, so that can mean you know anything you want to mean when I say church. I'm going to talk about a little church. I'm just saying that the church or Christians in general will tend to, over time and different periods of time, focus on different sins. Okay, I, That's why I mean by popular sins. So the things you hear about the most... Okay, if you're within Christian circles and stuff, as to what are sort of the popular sins. And I'm wondering if you were to think about when you think about sin and you think about, you know, over the last, whether it's several years, if it's now, through your Christian life, what are the things you've most heard as to sort of the sins that are most talked about? Um, well, what are those? Adultery. Adultery. Sexual scandals are always, that's the sexiest thing to talk about. Okay. Everyone, everyone loves talking about when somebody falls from that. All right, very good. I so sexual it, sins, yeah, adultery. Because yeah, it makes right. them feel much better, I think. <laughs> there you go. I knew it. That we decided to do that. Right? Yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. So that's a big one, is, is adultery. Yeah, but for the grace of God, go someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, what else you guys think about? What? Which ones do you, have you heard? 
Financial. Financial. A lot of financial okay. scandals within churches, that sort of thing. All right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you guys? What other ones? When you think about the ones you hear the, the Christians talk about or the church talks about, there's a focus on. I'm, I hear from a point of concern a lot of talk about pornography. Okay. Right? Like I think yeah. with yep. technology and that kind of thing, the mm-hmm. like prevalence of that and right. effects of that. Yeah, I mean, even, I mean, that's been subject even before. Long. <laughs> yeah, so you, for a long time. So you're saying, like, I mean, like, the, yeah. the sins, like, with, uh, like, within the church structure? Or right. Just, or just, like, what you hear the about sin, people? What you, more, what you the, more hear about, like, you know, like. The sins the, that the church recognizes the most? or that's right, Exactly, that the church sort of elevates. And, right. you know, the ones you hear about the most, like you just said, adultery, you know, that's probably a big one. Pornography, you know, I mean, if you were raised in the church or you go to different churches or you're listening to Christian stuff and you're hearing about sin, what are the ones that you mostly hear about? And you're getting it right now. So you answer my question because it's like adultery, pornography, yeah. financial. What other ones? It's like homosexuality. Homosexuality. So like, yeah, right. I mean, you're, I'm on Twitter and then atheists will say something like, why are Christians so obsessed with uh, sexual sins? There you of, go. Basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it seems like that's the one. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking through that and I, there's a one, one place, I can't remember where I could look it up, but... Paul says it's enough to abstain from food, sacrifice to idols, right? That whole thing, and then sexual sins. Right. So why? Are, so those are kind of the two that Paul put out there. And yeah. So it kind of makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. That that that's still, you know, some of the major ones to avoid. I mean, we don't we don't eat food sacrifice idols anymore. It's just not a problem. Right. Abortion is still in the Christian yep. sin pantheon. It definitely is. Divorce. Yeah. Abortion, Divorce, for sure. Yeah. Like, one of the major moral issues of today, mm-hmm. abortion. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of, like, secretive, I guess. So it's just anti-abortion in general, which right. is huge. But yeah. yeah. I, I guess uh, worshiping false idols uh, would be considered a sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's always been a problem with putting somebody else on the throne other than God, like mm-hmm. money. Like, uh, that should be talked about way more often than it is, though. Yes, right. Yeah. That's one of those ones that's not talked about enough. What's that? It's right. Worshiping false idols. 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 Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, our society is mostly money and yeah, things, yeah. having yeah. big houses, big cars, big everything, mm-hmm. uh, showing off uh, to your friends and family how successful you are. Uh-huh. Well, we worship people, too. Celebrities, uh, absolutely. Athletes, absolutely. Worshiping yeah, the wrong stars, thing is sports. probably the most common mistake that's really not thought of as a sin in our society. Right. But, it, but it is. Um, what you see going on on TV and yeah, movies all the time. What did he say? Elevating Kale the wrong thing. He worships John Eagle. What? <laughs> <laughs> the, the question... <laughs> The, oh, the question about John Eagle. <laughs> Indeed. You might um, wish you left that down. Where's the view? The question, the question, Steve, is um, is of this because we're going to be looking at you know the, the oh, different see. lists today. Is to what are what have you heard or think of as the popular sins of the church today? The ones that are talked about a lot. So. 
we've talked about like homosexuality, abortion, adultery, adultery, um, idolization, yeah. other ones that you know you sort of just tend to hear a lot about. There's an interesting uh, connection I think between uh, with idolatry and pornography, uh-huh. and if you go way back, like in this day. They were always, you know, they had little idols of the Diana and whatnot. That's the idolatry. They have them up in their house. Right. But they also had these fertility goddesses. You know, they dig, they dig them up all over the ancient world. These big breasted women. Right. You know, and that sort of was weird looking. And I'm thinking that was that was the pornography of the day. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was also much easier than that because it was the Ashtoreth poles. The the Ath- the Ashtoreth, the high places where they would actually go and worship those gods via sex acts. In in right. a temple. Yeah, in a temple. like yeah. And they have the sanctuary, whatever. So it's yeah. like right. Yeah. Yeah, nothing new under the sun. We but, sort of think technology, which we still or don't have, it's not real, right? A lot of times but real in the sense like it's a screen. Or back in the ancient world, like it was like so, right down in front of you. You know, when we the guys, you know, when anyone talks about pornography today, they sit, they're picturing in their mind some male, mostly, watch looking at some image of a female. Is he just looking at the image? No. Right. He's having sex with the image. Yeah. And lusting. And that's you know, it's going way into sexual sin in in the mind. Mm-hmm. But from God's point of view, like Jesus said, if you look on her. With lust, you know, you're you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Right. Yeah, like the the Sermon on the Mount, right? That that's part of it. And a lot of the Sermon on the Mount is internal yeah. internal sins that are hard to rec- hard for other people to recognize. Like it's between you and God. These things like hypocrisy and um you know, how do you know for sure someone's being a hypocrite? Sometimes it's more obvious than not, but usually it's just that person or like, you know, these types of things that are internal. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah passing, gossip. Passing gossip. Yeah, gossip is still, yeah, yeah that's that's works. one gossip that you, works. Gossip yeah. is pleasing to the ear, to the, to the soul. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it, it is. It has that, what, what, how does the Proverbs describe it? It's like honey, it tastes like honey, but it's bitter. Yeah. Right. It tastes sweet. It tastes sweet. Poisons the mind. Yeah. 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 Any other ones you guys can? You guys on. Gil, don't. Turn around, Gil. See your face. He's painting. <laughs> I know you're painting. I know he told me he was going to be painting today. Uh, I am. I've got something I'm working on, but I'm listening. Um, I was thinking about the, the recent election. And how much we, how much idolization was going on? You know, if you're supporting one, and, and that's where your focus is all the time, mm-hmm. you're not seeing God; you're seeing a person. Yeah, so, so I think that's idolatry. Yeah, yeah. Anybody else? Um, Bill, Bob. You don't want to get into politics, do you? <laughs> it's like. Well, that's an idolization. I mean, no, that's an idolization. You watch it. Which, yeah. Anyway. Greg, yeah. you're not focusing on Jesus. You're not focusing on Jesus uh, as your primary focus. You're idolatry. 
that idolatry is going somewhere, yeah. but it's not there. And so Jesus should be the focus. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Okay, so what we're going to do tonight is you, we just sort of went around asking that question, you know, and, and I think you guys all hit it right on. Those, those the, These are the things that Christianity in general, particularly these days, we tend to focus on when we think of sins. Okay. Um, we're going to look tonight really at what Paul considers sins. Okay. And we're going to be actually looking at those along with, we'll end with the fruit of the Spirit because he's giving us these two lists that we're talking about. So what I want you to do is open up your Bibles. You have your note, your little booklet open up to Galatians um, 5. And I want to take a look, first of all, at just this whole section here. Okay, so Galatians 5, 19, 19 through 23, 24. We'll read through 24. What I want to do is focus on, so Paul's giving us two lists here. All right, and what I want us to do is, first of all, just look at both of these lists together. Look at this whole section he's doing where he's giving us these two lists. And try to see if you see anything in common between these two lists, let's call it, okay? So I'll just read it. So starting in verse 19, Paul says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, Rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So just looking at these lists, these two, do you see anything in common between these two lists? <clears throat> when you just look at them as a whole, anything that you see common between them? One thing, verse 18 starts off, you're, if you're led by the Spirit, and then verse 22 starts off with the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. And then 19, the deeds of the flesh are these. So it's flesh against the spirit. Right? Yeah, very good. And we actually, yeah. the One's last physical, couple of weeks, we didn't look at that. You what? Physical versus the spiritual. Okay. Physical, okay. Um, Would you say that both are fruit, even though one is obviously decayed? Bad fruit. Well, Bad fruit. yeah, let's hold that. I mean, it's, are they both fruit? They are both uh, produce. Produce an, out, an outcrop. They're both an outcrop. Okay. A product. Yeah. A product, yeah. A product, yeah, okay. What do you what else you see? So I'm looking for things that are common between these two lists. Well, yeah, okay, we, I think you see like uh, sexual morality and then you see love. I don't know if you would consider those, you know, 
but they've taken love and turned it into sexual immorality. Um, what about the lists themselves? When Paul tells us a list, is there something that he says that is something that that is common between both of these lists that he's given us? Well, there's, there's sort of two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Um, Antonyms. For example, uh, anger and, and kindness are... Uh, two sides uh, of the coin. That's a good way to put it, yeah. Uh-huh. All right. And, and they're part of this... All, all of those things are part of the same a type of thing. They're, they're temperaments. Mm-hmm. All right. One, one says self-control, and the other one says um, no self-control. Okay. Indulgence versus self-control. Indulgence versus self-control. Okay. Issues common to man. They both are desired. They both yeah, what? I'm going to agree with Bob. I, I think both things are desired. You know, Both things the, are desired. The Every bit of it. Okay. Every bit of it. All right. <laughs> you figure in strife. You've either got to desire something that's different than the other person, or why, why would you be in strife? Okay. Anybody else? The thing there They're is bold. something that at the time you look at it, you say, oh, I'm going to take a position on this because it feels good to me. <laughs> and you're not thinking about the other person necessarily. You make the transition to thinking about somebody else when you get into the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these are these are things that are um, against other people, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's a good observation. They're against people, whether good or bad. All right. So it's not just about what I feel inside myself. Well, what I'm just doing by myself, okay? So it involves other people. Both of them do. The relational. Yeah. Relational, yeah. They're, um, I mean, I don't think this is perfect, but they're, they're kind of dispositions of the heart as opposed to, like, specific acts. I'm thinking especially, like, with the fruit of the Spirit, it's more descriptions as opposed to specific acts. Mm-hmm. Right? That like you go... You don't do gentleness. Gentleness would be like almost a description of a manner of which you present, right? And I think some of the, like there's certainly specifics like idolatry and these things, but like enmity, strife, division, dissension are like almost heart dispositions or like what results from those heart dispositions. Okay. Descriptions or something. Are these lists, these two lists that Paul gives, are these complete lists? Oh, no. Hmm? No, not at all. No. How do we know they're not complete? How do we know that Paul's not just saying, okay, this is it, this is what I want to focus on, that's it. How do we know that both of these lists are not a full, complete list of what he means by either the works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit? How do we know that? In things like these. In things yeah. like these. Very good, Jason. And then, Can you see that? And then against such yeah. things there is no law. That's right. So you see both these lists, he's telling us 
this is not just it. Yeah. All right. And in fact, even though in our ESV, again, our Bibles tend to do this because we learned in English that you don't say the same thing twice. You know, you guys ever learn that in English when you, you know, if you're trying to write something, you, the teacher wants you to like use different words for the same things. Well, that's a little bit of the problem when we translate scripture is they try to make it so you don't have the same wording. The problem is here, it is exactly the same wording. All right. So it's exactly the same Greek language. So when Paul says, um, when he goes and he goes, he says at the end of verse 21, he says that those who do such things, so such things, all right, and then you see in verse 22 at the end, such things, that literally means there's more, and it's exactly the same language. Okay, so he might, he, he, so even though one just doesn't use the word such things or against such things, it's interesting in the Greek it's exactly identical. So Paul's basically saying, here's this list, but there's other things besides this. It's, here's, a, here's sort of a, a representative list in each one, but this doesn't cover everything. Okay, so he's giving us these two lists and saying, here, I'm going to focus on ones, but don't think this is it. <laughs> okay? With it. All right? You guys see that? So what is the difference? Um, any differences without looking at the actual specifics of, the, of each thing in the list? With the way Paul starts out, verse 19, with one list, versus how he starts out, verse 22, with the other list, Anything you see there? He's obviously using different language, but do you see anything with the words he's using? So, do you see any difference specifically with now the works of the flesh are evident versus but the fruit of the Spirit is? What's besides that? What's anything you notice there? Well, that's different between the two lists. And just how he introduces it. Could be the fruit. The, 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 the fruit of the Spirit, there is no law connected with it. Okay. All right. So just how it starts out, though. Think about just how, just listen to the language. Deeds versus fruit. The what? One is deeds, the other is fruit. Okay. But I want you to say that again now. One is... Deeds. deeds, and the other is... 19, introducing the flesh, he says the deeds of the flesh. Right, versus the, the... fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, so <laughs> what do you hear on what Tom just said there? Deeds versus fruit. What's it's the difference? like you're under the law with the deeds, right? Yeah. Think of just the English, English. deeds versus fruit. Could be that fruit is singular, deeds is plural. Excellent. <laughs> okay. See that? Very good, Pete. So fruit, he's fruit giving us one plural. plural and one singular. <laughs> yeah, <I can't. laughs> what? I'm, I'm laughing. He fruit could say the fruit. plural in English. Yeah. And here, though, it is actually singular in Greek. So here, Paul is actually using a singular. This is the fruit of the Spirit versus these are the deeds of the flesh. Okay. What else is he saying about the first 
that he doesn't really call out in verse 19 about the first list, that he doesn't really call out on the second, just in how he introduces a list. So one's plural, one is singular, but he's also saying something else that's different. At least in how he's saying it. What does well, it say? What language is he using? Look at just in, the opening. Indicative and imperative? Uh, well, not so much that. Just the actual words, again. Contrasting with the but? Okay. What, do, what does he say? He's saying... He's saying so look at, look at, but if the... Now, if the work... Now, the works of the flesh are evident. So, again, works is plural. Are evident. Are what? Are evident. Evident. Evident, but the, the spirit... He the doesn't say that, does he? Is. Right. Okay, so, yeah, it's... These are observations that you can that you should be aware of, whereas the other is simply what it is. Yeah. Okay. So that word evident means obvious. <laughs> All right. So notice how Paul is saying when he's going to give us that list of his sins, the works of the flesh. He's he's saying to us, this is obvious. That's where the impairment and imperative. It's like one, one is a, a warning. You should see these things. Be yeah. aware of them. The other one is do this or, yeah. or receive this. Okay. Yes. But you see how it's just like obvious. Obvious. He says the flesh, the works of the flesh, they're obvious. Doesn't really say that about the spirit. It's just sort of interesting. Because one, he's sort of saying it's pretty obvious when we're falling into evident sin. Evident and pervasive. Yeah, pervasive would be another way of putting it. Mm-hmm. It's obvious. It's out there. You see it. You can call it out. Right. All right. Um, don't have a problem trying to find it. <laughs> is that is that kind of like the fruit of the spirit is more subtle? I, I mean, I don't know per yeah. se. It's just in, interesting. Or does it draw it's just attention another, to itself? Right. I think it's more are boring. Right. And maybe, <laughs> maybe because he's going to say it's a whole lot easier to fall into the flesh. Well, what catches our eye? Or what's yeah? Right. What we notice by it's default. Like, it's like duh. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. It's like duh. Right. It's gravity. The other thing that we're uh, when we are picking apart things like we do, yeah, right. Sometimes it, it's like easy to forget the fact this was one letter meant to be read one time. This was just part of a whole bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And so he, it, and this kind of struck me the other day. I was like, wait a minute, I, for for a pastor, right? You read this and go, well, this was a message he gave to his people. Right. This is something. This is like. When was the last time you heard a pastor or anybody throw down this heavy stuff? Right. This is big time, and he's right. kind of ebbing and flowing. So he's he's heckling them a little bit, I think, throughout this thing. He oh. keeps throwing kind of some jabs at him, like this should be obvious. I.e., what's your right. world like right now right. In, in the church body? Right. Right. You. I know you're experiencing all these things. And sometimes it's being rhetorical, like saying a statement of fact to make sure you just know. Right. You guys know this is obvious, right? Right. <laughs> okay. Right. This is occurring. Okay. There's no doubt about it. Um, yeah. On how much maybe we want to make these more complex than they are. Maybe in our like rationalization or something like that, or we're like, well, okay, it wasn't really dissension. It was more like, <laughs> I mean, you know what? And 
and you can kind of see him like maybe taking a step back from it and going, look, this is simple. Yeah. Stop doing this. Stop doing that. Right, no. right. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's take a look at the list. Okay, so we're going to take a look at the first list. And again, Paul's, you know, he's obviously trying to get, I mean, one of the things to remember in Scripture, every word is there for a purpose. It's inspired by God. There's Paul's put a lot of thought into this, whatever we're reading, we're reading Paul here. So words matter. Okay, so he's giving us a list, but he's giving that list to them, most likely because this is the things you guys are doing right now. But he's also giving that list to try to make a point. Okay, as to you know what is what is he trying to get across? So the list isn't just a list he pulls out of the air. Like let me just think of some examples, like I just did with you guys right now. I just said what's our, what are popular sins? Okay, let's just write those down. All right, he's very intentional in what he's trying. To, he wants what he says to change them. Right. All right. And so he, and he's probably knows that the I mean the list of the bad things there is like 15 or something, and the good ones like nine. So. Yeah, he, well, he, that's good. He, you just, well, you just counted, so that's good. He, kn- <laughs> he, know, he, know, he probably knows what they're experiencing, right? In those, those, yeah. the, the results of sin, right? And he knows after from being with them that he, they also probably experience every one of these fruits, particularly, you know. And so I know you know this, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. All right. So let's take a look at the first list. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. I'll give you another translation. Uh, sort of interesting how they do this. So, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, instances of anger, rivalries is another word, is selfish ambition, um, dissensions, which the more um, another way of putting that is factional divisions. Um, divisions, which is really in Greek, is instances of what's called secretarianism, which is really like when you're calling out certain parties and saying this party is better than that party. Um, and then obviously drunkenness. Uh, I love this. I heard someone, someone's translation of orgies as uninhibited partying. <laughs> I think that's what's happening in Florida right now, maybe. <laughs> okay, uninhibited partying—that's a good way to put it. Um, so, looking at this list, how would you divide this list? What, what, like, if you were to put them into—if you're trying to section off this list, how would you do that? Sexual sin. So, okay, so sexual sins. So what would be covered under sexual sins, Bob? The first grouping, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. All right. And orgies. Very good. Very good, Pete. So actually, under under sexuality, you've got four that would be called sexual sins. Right? You guys got that? Yep. Okay, so we got sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, and... Uninhibited party. <laughs> All right. What's the next way you would group? Sensuality. Can I ask you on that one? Yeah. How, how would you define sensuality? In, this? Um, it, in Greek, it means lack of self-restraint. Okay. So sexual immorality, just quickly, sexual immorality is the famous Greek word porneia, which is where we get pornography. 
And mostly that word, which is used by Paul and used throughout the New Testament, is a pretty all-encompassing word. Okay, so under, like when we call it sexual sins, porneia would sort of like cover it all. Mm. Okay, just sort of covers a whole umbrella. Then within that, you can have different things within that. So um, sensuality, it would be like people who are just letting themselves go completely out of control. Okay, mm. I mean, I don't. You know, masturbating in public. I mean, I threw up the board. Just letting it go and just like whatever. Okay, I don't care. Lack of self-restraint. Um, that would be an example of, of what they mean by sensuality. And then, in, did you say impurity was one of them? In yeah, impurity list? is one of them too. Um, and I'm trying to think. Remember what? Um, impurity seems like more of a. It's it's a sexual. Um, Adultery is is both sexual as well as as uh, you know holiness issue. You you're ah, what is it? Crisis. A wicked and adulterous generation asks for a sign. He's not talking about physical adultery. He's talking about adulterating your gods. Yeah. Plural. Breaking us out. Yeah, impurity seems like one of those umbrella things. Yeah. So sensuality. Yeah. Well, actually, let's see. Um, like chaste, chaste and unchaste. Yeah. Impurity. Says it's in Greek, it's heavily related. Oh, there It says in Judaism, uncleanness primarily referred to physical uncleanness, uncleanness, whatever. Yeah. In Christianity impurity means more moral un, um, uncleanness. The impurity of lustful, luxurious living. Very good. Impure motives. There we go. That's another one. Impure motives. Yeah, moral uncleanness, lewdness. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just fun back stuff. Then, he's saying back that it was more your physical, like you didn't wash your feet, you didn't wash your hands, that kind of stuff. Well, no, but this is related specifically to sexuality um, in some physical way. So, like moral uncleanness, lewdness. I mean, it's some. It's still related overall to sexuality. Uh, de- debauchery. Debauchery. Can we change the yeah. subject? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting aroused. <laughs> so, what do you guys? So, we've got sexual sins. So, we got four, right? Four sexual sins. Right. And how many do you say is on the list? Who said that? Total about fifteen. Fifteen. There are fifteen. Okay. So you got four sexual. What's the next category you would do? Social, uh, relig- religious, but religious, uh, false, false religion. Yeah. Okay. And what would you put into that category? Idolatry, sor- sorcery. All right. Other, otherwise. And that's pretty much yeah, pretty much those two: idolatry and sorcery. Good way of putting it. What'd you call it again, Pete? Um, sorcery, like witchcraft. And you call that category, though, just both of those together is, what would you call it? Um, like false religion. False religion. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah. Potentially okay. dissensions, right, if it's factional, maybe. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, so we got two that are clearly focused around religion, right, in this list. Mm-hmm. All right, some type of incorrect religion. You've got idolatry and sorcery. Okay. All right. So we got four and two. Now, what what else do we have that we could categorize? Social. Social. Murder. 
Okay, social. So why do you call, what, which ones are social? All the rest. All the rest, okay. They're, they're social, but they're also individual. I think all of them are individual and slash. Social. Yeah, yeah. But why would you call these social? Why, which is a good word. Because a mean, lot of them are, are shared. There are things that you would be experiencing with somebody else potentially. Okay. Good, very yeah. good way of putting it. Very so good. There is like an emphasis on like a strife, right? Versus the, you've got like the drunkenness and orgies partying social, but then this other is like the division and anger and enmity, right? Which are maybe a nuance within social, but... Yeah, but right. they, but those but things are t those would typically be experienced. I mean, like okay, sure. Am I having strife within? I mean, all those things can be experienced within yourself, obviously. But I think what he's probably addressing is more along you know what's happening culturally, you know, within the church, within their sure. environment, right? Rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, yeah, drunkenness, orgies, and drunkenness. Yay. Again, the, 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 I, I think he's probably talking to them, hey, when it's okay and normal for everyone to be getting buzzed all the time, you know, having a couple cocktails after work every night or four, right, as opposed to just you being a drunkard, right? It seems to me that it's more of an overall thing they're supposed to all hear together. Okay. I'm totally... Could be broken down. So how many would you put into this category of social or I think someone, I don't know if it was you, Bob, someone said relational, which is maybe another way of thinking about that. I forget who said yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, you were saying, yeah, so the so it's the interactions that we have with one another. Um, so how many would you put into that category? Five. Eight. Eight? Okay. Yeah, you probably eight. You guys see the eight? Could you could you call those anti-social? Well, you know, you <laughs> could absolutely. I mean, <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. I think those relate to what Paul's upset about and why he's writing this whole section. Uh -huh. it goes back to verse fifteen. Yep. Very, very, very definitely. In fact. That section right there in 15 is one of our inclusios <laughs> that he's going to end with. Notice in 15 he says, but if you bite and devour one another, watch that you are not consumed by one another. Then he goes into this whole section here, and then he's going to end in verse 26, let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Really sort of enclosing all this in this whole idea of antisocial, this whole idea of the what's going on socially with them. So do you guys see that? How many you have within that social category? You have like eight. Okay. So now think about that. <laughs> so we mostly will think about when I ask you that question, where does the church focus on what are the popularized sins? It focuses a lot of that in the sexuality part. Okay, probably much of that, the first ones. Okay. Look where Paul is putting his focus 
on what the sins are. Paul was to say, "What are the? Well, I'm going to call out the sins of the church." How many of you hear popular Christian sins being listed of enmity and strife and jealousy and fits of anger or rivalries and dissensions and divisions and envy? That's you don't Pretty hear minor. that focus, do you? And yet that's where Paul's putting mm-hmm. so much of his focus, and I think as Tom just said... That's the most destructive to the church. Exactly. That's breaking up churches right now. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. You're right, Charlie. Yeah. But is it... Is it uh, I know we started by saying that the, the works of the flesh are obvious, right? Uh-huh. But are these things always obvious? <laughs> well, so, right? yeah. It's hard to... I think he felt. I don't. I, I'm not going to speak for I mean, Paul. I think at the in the end it's obvious, right. but when it's happening, it's not. But it's pretty well. But it, think about it. When there's when there's envy and someone's envying someone else. Right. When someone is creating division. Having fits of anger. Fits of anger. Oh, it's obvious. Jealousy. Fits of anger is probably obvious. Obvious to everyone yeah. but the person. I think, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think that was the most confessed sin Chill, that oh, night, right. too, though. What? It was, wasn't it? Very good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was really, was actually, that was really sin. interesting, wasn't it? That was, yeah. that was the sin that you guys most said you struggle with is anger. On yeah. that day. Yeah. 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 It's whether it's. Yeah, and whether it's towards someone else whether it's driving down the street, whether whatever it is, it's that. And I love uh, instances of anger is another way to translate it. Yeah, fits of anger, instances of anger. It just sort of comes out of nowhere and you're angry. All right. But you can see here it's that anger that tears apart those, those relationships. So for Paul, it's interesting because when you take a look at us as, at the, the Christian church, which sometimes you can get a pretty good mirror through media. I mean, that's one thing. You know, media we can all say is warped and biased and everything. But at the same time, media tend, tend to be a mirror of what's happening. And so it's just interesting sometimes to sort of see what is viewed by both the church itself and unbelievers as what they think the church is focusing on as sins you will hear most of the things we talked about, sexual sins, but both do not really focus so much on these other eight that we're hearing here, that right. Paul's talking about. Sure. Because... You say that's a mirror? Is what? You say, you call that a mirror? I'm saying uh, that media the, can be a mirror. Is a mirror? It can be a mirror. Oh, absolutely. I, 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 I don't believe it. I'll tell you why. I do an ongoing survey of people I meet, and I ask them things that the media says is are true. They declare to be true. Uh-huh. And I say things like with, with COVID, are, are you panicked? The media constantly tells me you're panicked. But everyone's panicked. Are you panicked? No, uh, no I'm not panicked. Are, are you worried? No, I, I'm not really worried. Well, I hear from the media that everyone's worried. So what's wrong with this picture? Well, I'll ask them. What I'm speaking, yeah. So right. What I'm speaking of specifically, Bob, and I'm not going to try to argue about media about the accuracy of media. I'm just saying that media can be a good mirror of also where the church is putting its focus. Okay, in this specifically around sins. Okay, 
So the media is going to probably say this is where, well, I mean, just you look at what the media is going to do. They're going to call out anytime someone falls. <laughs> Okay, they're gonna just harp on the whole area of um, adultery. Okay, is a big one. All right, but also the church tends to focus on that a lot. All right. So anyway, it's just just the whole point here really is just seeing where we tend to focus on versus what Paul's focusing on, which he's focusing much more on the relationship we have with one another and the social interactions we have with one another rather than just only like sexual sins, I guess is the point. Which goes back to look at how he, the inclusio for this whole section. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by another. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. He's very concerned about how we relate. And why is he concerned about that? If we've learned in Galatians, why is he concerned? Think of the hula hoop. Mm-hmm. Why is he concerned? Because it's very easy to step outside of the kingdom. That's right. And what does he want happening within the hula hoop? He wants everyone to be within the kingdom. Right. Like unity. And what does he not want happening within... You're probably going, hula hoop! <laughs> what does he not want have... What What does he want to have happen in that hula hoop? Well, we yeah we create divisions. He, he wants the fruit, yeah, right. right? Exactly. Yeah, you don't want to have a bunch of little hoops, right? <laughs> Some hoops right. are exactly. more better than others. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, right. just you want to be in the hula hoop. <laughs> there's the hula hoop, and then there's the inner hula hoop. <laughs> That's where you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't handle this. Great. <laughs> do you complex. do you feel like he's um, this list? Is he calling out what he sees? Is that are these serious? Yes, I would say he's calling out probably what he's experiencing both within the for the Galatians, which is probably why he says, "Here's this list, yeah. such as these," yeah. because today we might have some other lists. Yeah. But I do think it's very instructive that he is how he's dividing it and where he's putting his priorities. Yeah. Okay, and just calling out what are the things to be very concerned about is things that are going to break break the social structure of Galatians 3.28. We're all one in Christ. No distinctions among us. We are to do what to one another? Love one another. What are, what's his list? It's This list is basically the opposite of saying when you're doing this list, you are not doing what Paul has said over and over again that we've seen in Galatians, which is to be loving one another and valuing one another and not placing social constructs on how we judge one another uh, when we're all one in Christ. Um, do they, do, oh, I'm sorry. Well, I was just going to say, do they already know this? Is that part of what he means by this is obvious? Like, is he recounting sins and they're I, all like, right. I, no, I, I don't know that for sure, sure, but I think, yes. I would yeah. say, I, that's exactly why he probably uses that word. Mm-hmm. You guys, this is obvious, and he's calling no, it out. Right. Like, don't tell me. Yeah, I don't see any nice. anger going on between anybody. Yeah. You know, it's like, what did I just see? I'm hearing, Paul's Paul's hearing about this when he's writing this letter. He's hearing about what his church is doing. Right. Well, the sexual stuff is out in the open because if if the popular culture is worshiping at temples where they have prostitutes, then that's out in the open, right? So 
that, that, is, that would be hard to ignore if in your town there's a place where people go to have origins in worship, right? Right, 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 yeah. Which is, is different than today. We always think like, oh my gosh, things are getting so worse. You know, my gosh, you know, everything's going to the whatever. It's like, this has been going on for a long, long time. Long, yeah. I mean, yeah. back then... It's a matter of degree. Yeah, back then you have a baby that you don't want and is deformed or there's anything not wrong. They take that baby and they go put it out into the street and they just let the baby die yeah. out there. I mean, that's what they did. Right. Yeah. So how about this? I'm throwing a big umbrella yeah. over the list. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that... Um, insecurity, man's insecurity, mm-hmm. feeling not worth enough, is the motive for all this sin. And when he talks about the Holy Spirit rescuing a man, what the Holy Spirit does is he humiliates us, gives us our true worth, yeah, and then says, but you are worth everything in Christ. So the insecurity is gone. There's no longer any motive to get angry at the guy that cut you off because you're not insecure, driven by, do you know who I am? I can't believe how you disrespected me. That's all insecurity. (laughs) If some guy goes and rapes a girl, he's committing a sexual sin, but it's all insecurity. I'm conquering you. Do you know I'm somebody? Hey, watch this. You know, and he he feels like he's getting self-worth. So maybe that's a theme that Paul's talking about here too because he's upset about the the people in the church fighting amongst themselves. Yeah. That's what's the motive for this section, isn't it? I would say you absolutely are right. So and I would say that's probably the core for all of us is we don't realize who we are really in Christ. I mean, a lot of what we've been studying in Galatians is who are we in Christ? We are crucified. Mm-hmm. Not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If we really get the fact that it's Christ who died for me and that's how much he really loves me, that's the ultimate value, and we would have no need to do it. Very well put. Yeah. And we forget that light. That. But, but don't you think there's two? There's like, because I agree, but I think there's also coupled with this, this like arrogance or this pride in there mm-hmm. behind the flesh, right, that just goes, I'm going to take what I want. But the arrogance and pride, I say, comes from insecurity. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. That. That's where that's where pride comes from is because you're trying to make yourself something because you don't feel valued. Mm-hmm. I mean that's what he's saying here. Promote but, but your don't you think there's a place where you you're feel? Conceded. Yeah, okay. I mean that can be totally it's, right. Well, I, I it's really a theory. It's it. a theory. No, I would I would yeah I would agree that it's like that's probably why we are prideful is because we really don't we're trying to make up the for self-worth something. Self worth is not there. Right. Yeah. The true self We don't really understand who we really are as a new creation in Christ. Right. If you really get that, you're not going to. There's no. There's no need. Right. But what about like not to be argumentative? But what about like a sort of overconfidence? <laughs> but where's thinking for myself personally? Like, right, there's times where right. I feel like de- depressed or something like that, and that would lead to sin. But there's other times where I feel like larger than life. And that leads to sin, right? So you're going... I mean, part of me just thinks the flesh, some of that flesh is this thing that goes... It's like the, the devil saying, look, if you eat this, you don't need God, right? That may, I mean, maybe we're calling that insecurity, well, but that feels like but see, that's somebody that's like, yeah, I want it. That's what I want. I want control, or I want to be... 
the one in power. But that makes sense, and it fits because that's like Satan in the garden. You eat this, and you can be as gods. Yeah. So she, I mean, the insecure human Eve, she goes, "What? I want to be like a god." She, right. she didn't have enough self worth at, at that temptation. Right. She, she, otherwise, she would have been like, "What? I'm, I have all the worth that I need." I'm, uh, right. That, that, yeah, that comes down to yeah, what is it to live in the kingdom? Right, that's that whole question that to me is like, gosh, that's our just hammer that until it's so clear because when you're there, when you know it, like yeah. the, the temptations of Christ. And the, hey, just do my deal, and you, I'll give you the whole world. Christ could just look at him and say, and I'd have nothing because I, because anything you can offer me is worthless. Anything. Yeah. I mean, there's only one thing that is worth anything, and that is my relationship with my father. Mm-hmm. Right. So then, yeah. All of a sudden, pride, all the, all these jealousy, all that stuff. It just, whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Now, what would God have me do right now? Yeah. Right. And then, the more I think we practice that, the more it's like, hey, I don't, we don't have to do that. Now when I spill my coffee, do I get you know angry and upset? That's my coffee. I'm just thinking this idea of flesh. That I think that's what I'm thinking about. The flesh and the flesh is like crucified. Which is what we're going to talk about now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So like what? Yeah. I, I, yeah. No. What? So I mean, yeah. So define. So finish, finish what you're thinking. Yeah. So no yeah. Way. So def, so uh, question. But define flesh. When you think of flesh, what do you? What is? Right. How would you define flesh to someone? I mean, I don't know. I'm just going off the yeah, top of my head. Just, but I would yeah. say it's like this self-obsession, right? So I would go. I think that could come out on either side. I think pride. I would say insecurity is a form of pride. And I think arrogance is a form of pride, right? So I. And I think that's the flesh. It's like this self-consumption that, or being consumed or whatever, obsessive. And the crucified part, I've been crucified with Christ. That's this thing that, like, we're dying. That part of us dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's killing the me, which is, me is the root of sin, right? Yeah. The original sin was I. I, I always think ego, I but I know that's like not God. perfect, but like that... Yeah. I heard, yeah. I heard a good one the other day. A guy said, "This is a joke." Stay small. <laughs> the guy said, "Stay small." Yeah. yeah. Just stay small, and let the Lord lift you up. Mm-hmm. But don't get caught up in the everyday things. Humble yourself in the mighty. Yeah. God humble yourself. Yeah. He'll, you know what I mean? You just. That's good. I thought it was really good, really interesting way to look at it. Just like. I think so many times if you have, like, you're walking around in the Spirit and you just totally bless somebody and they acknowledge, oh my gosh, you must be a man of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had, to, I had a check at one time say that to me and I didn't even talk to him. Mm-hmm. I didn't even say a word. He goes, you're a man of God. Huh. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm going to say something that Jeff will appreciate, maybe some of you other guys know, Chuck Brewer. Um, there's a guy in my office. Uh, I, I work in an office that is, is in a building owned by Chuck's brother. Chuck's there a lot. And this guy, somehow Chuck's name came up, and this guy said, that guy 
is the most positive person I've ever met in my life. Yeah. And I'm like, he's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, I, but I'm thinking, he, I'm thinking, yeah, he is. Yeah. And and he was like, he, he I love that guy. He's, he's the most positive man yeah. I've ever met in my life. I'm like, right on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, well, me, me, that guy's saying that. And I walk out of the room. Wow. <laughs> The sermon that, that, um, from Sunday that uh, her name was Bridget. Bridget. That I think speaks to what we're talking about right now in terms of like the and living in that and because it's it like I have had so many tragic failures in my life, right? So it's like just you're young. Hang on. Oh, well, yeah, well, I, no, I, I, I had a lot. Of, I, God, God had to punch my face a lot and often early on. So to get to that point, I look at people that have had just nothing but success who are just so hollow and, and, just, and just tortured because they're just like, I've done everything that I can do that the world has to offer. And... I'm empty, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, well, I just got beat down enough to know I'm an idiot and I don't have any idea what to do. So it's like once you get humbled enough, then it's just like I got nowhere to go but small. look up. Yeah. And so staying small, it's like one way or another, hopefully God will help you out with that. But it's like that and that's just stuff where you're like, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for pummeling me down to the right size. When you were talking yeah. about Jesus being offered everything, the kingdoms of the world. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of Solomon at the end of his life. He's like, yeah. I had everything, right. and it's all nonsense. It didn't mean anything. So, and, you know, there's Gil one here, so hopefully Gil won't, have, it won't, won't mind me saying this. So can you just put a mute for a minute, Gil, so I can talk about you? Um, one of the things, Gil, I'm going to just talk about you, and so hopefully I, I'm not asking permission. I'm just going to do it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So one of the things that he has told me a couple times is about how as we're going through here, about learning about the Apostle Paul, he was telling me before about how you know his opinion of the Apostle Paul uh, has always been like here's this real arrogant man, you know, and Paul? I, yeah, the Apostle Paul, arrogant. because well, and the inter- issue is that sometimes you can get that impression of the Apostle Paul, you don't get the impression he's small, because but because why does he appear big or arrogant? Is what is this arrogance in Christ? Yeah. Christ, Christ. Yes. he says, I boast. Don't you know boast in yourself? I boast in Christ, and He is just—he's like that chucker. He's just gonna say, "This is who you are in Christ." This is you know. I mean, He's gonna boast in what God has done in the cross, and He's just constantly doing that. So in some ways, I think yes, you're small, but also you don't want to mm-hmm. be—you don't want to be what some. I think Christians can do is they can think, "Oh, poor me, poor me. It's not me." It's not me. It's just the Spirit working through me. I'm not doing anything. I mean, okay, there's maybe a little bit of truth in that, but wait a minute. You have the power of God in you because He died for you because He loves you, and you want to be like 
That's what you want to be declaring to the world. And that's where your confidence comes from. Right. That's why Paul unnerves people, but his confidence is so pure. Right. Which goes along to what what Tom was saying about that's where you know who you are now. That's right. In Christ. You don't have to then argue with anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You don't. Would you mind? Would you mind if I clarified a little bit? Oh, I guess oh, so. Yeah, I didn't get that right. <laughs> Three words or less. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Mute. Go. Mute. Well, I said I that I in working with one of my little pastors, I had said to him, I Paul feels so arrogant to me, so I don't pay much attention to Paul. And he said to me. To your detriment. Yeah. <laughs> keeps, to your arrogance. <laughs> and then he explained, he explained that exactly what you just said. Right. That Paul was arrogant in Christ, mm-hmm. not arrogant as a person. In himself. He was not, maybe not arrogant is the wrong word, but he was. He was filled in Christ, and he could speak authoritatively. Yeah, with authority. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Yeah. With authority. Yeah. But he's still like a type A guy, right? Like I mm -hmm. think I love that that doesn't change. Well, he might be. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, he might be type A. It's hard to know since we don't really know his personality because you read other things where he just he's um, like I can I I do every the. I do everything with fear and trembling. You just get the sense of this. Yeah, like, yeah. I and, just he don't said, know and, and he says, when, "When I speak, when I speak in front yeah. of you, I'm not like this great orator, and exactly. I come to you very gently in person. Yeah. But my writing is powerful right. and big and right. authoritative. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah. when I come to you after these big letters that I'm sending you, and then you see me, and you're like." Who is this guy? Yeah. I mean, you might be sorry, might be class as an introvert. Who knows? But he comes well, I, across I, with I, his I, What I see is like the man. John Mark thing, where John Mark's like, "Oh, well, yeah, I want to go again," and he's like, "Nope," <laughs> right? Like he's going one way, and like, well, I just think Paul's a leader. Yep, yeah. sure. And and even Big like time. as he structures a church, he's like organizing it, and creating these like, all right, you guys are going to be the elders, and you guys are going to be the deacons, and he's. I just I love how with Paul, obviously his allegiance shifts, but like the brightest student in the class becomes this like tool for God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. But he's still Paul, still yeah. doing he, the stuff. Which he, I think he is says in the beginning of this book, he outlines the fact that he's the classic ty- type A dude. I went. Because I was told to do it, I didn't listen to them. I didn't pay attention to them. No man was telling me what I was doing. And Jesus had to come and hit him over the head, literally. Right? Well, I mean, that when Fall off after the horse, that, throw him off when, the horse. What he's saying? He had a painting that time of the. When yeah, he split to Sinai and did all that, that was like that was. I wasn't going under the direction of men. Right. I had no fear or concern that I wasn't doing the right thing, and in fact, I didn't even care what they thought. That's not. That's not meek. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So look. Um, so one thing to notice about this first list we're looking at. Look at what Paul says at the very end of the list. What does he say about people who live like this? The law against him. The what? 
no law against it. Well, no. What does he say? What does he say? Does these people, the people who live like this, well, what, Charlie? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. So right there, Paul is setting up. This is what. This is how the world who do not believe in Christ, who are not believers, and this is how they act. Okay. Because he obviously wants to contrast and say, look, first of all, this is the world. You guys are not this. Like, why are you acting like this? <laughs> okay? Yeah. So he first of all says, I mean, it's, it's not even, I don't know if it's so much even like, oh, if you do this, you're going to be worried about losing your salvation. It's much more like, this is what it looks like without Christ when you run into the law. But okay? it could be what you just said. It could, it could be, right. And I think he's trying to warn them that you better watch out, yeah. as he does in other books. He sort of takes you to the edge and goes, "Look, it's a real possibility. If you keep, li- if you're living like this, and that's all you're living like, you better be thinking about <laughs> which of these sins is greater than the other." Right? Yeah, right. And he's not, he's not classing that. So, but now once you look at the contrast, there he's giving that first list, calling it those are the ones who do not inherit the kingdom of God. Verses look at when they haven't looked at the fruit of the spirit yet. Look at verse 24, because now he contrasts that with those who what? Those long, the long, right? Okay. So, so, so you've got the people who are not going to inherit the kingdom, and you've got the people who belong to Christ. And he says, this is what it looks like if you don't inherit the kingdom of how you act and how you behave, especially around. Others, where are you? Which kingdom do you live in? <laughs> you know, do you live in the kingdom of the prince? The, what do we say? Have we opened up Galatians saying this present evil age? Are you part of that present evil age? Or are you part of what well, you were living in it? But are you are you members of that present evil age, or are you members of those who what belong to Christ? All right. So look. Can, yeah. Can we talk about the word inherit? Inherit? Yes. Yeah. You, sure. You you want to talk about that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do too. Did, did do you have an inheritance for me? <laughs> yes, I do. As a matter of and fact, we've seen that word come up in Galatians, in Galatians before. Yeah, a lot. And right. It's clonomeo. I I was going to say the same thing. I thought you would. You beat me to it. Okay. <laughs> so because what I've seen exploited in what I believe is the wrong way is that we're again not in this life but in the next yeah. again he, and these people knew what he meant by that mm-hmm. they understood that that didn't mean that, that meant right now it does right correct so the that word is you know he's telling you about how to live now and he's also talking it's it's an heir it's heritage you it's defining who you are Right. right now. That's right. Right? And so... And who you are is one who is going to inherit the final kingdom, be in the final kingdom of God, the, the final redemption. The final redemption, but also the now. You are right. you are yeah. in the family yeah. now. You are and in so, And so you're really living important. in that reality or... You're not. Yeah, preach it, Jason. I mean, that's it. That's you it. just, you just summarized Paul. 
So, and it's. Are you it, living in the hula hoop or are you not? That's right. And it's, <laughs> it's summarizing great. Right? <laughs> to obtain, to. I want to get there and do a sermon sometime with the hula hoop, but I can't I do it. you. I think it'd be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> but then if you could get three going. Yeah. Get <laughs> yeah. all you guys up go, All the space that's overlapping right now, that's where we need to be. <laughs> anyway, go ahead, Jason. Sorry. Uh, obtain, acquire, possess. So, it's. Are, are the other terms associated with that. Uh So it's not just something that maybe you are the lucky guy that's in in the right family or whatever. There is a a proactive nature to that word as well. To obtain, to possess. Which is why we were to walk in the Spirit. That's right. So you have an opportunity, a role to play in being the inheritor. Right. And I think you're putting that, I think, right on because that's what Paul is saying is we are this colony of heaven living on earth and the world's going to look at us Jesus in John 17 the world's going to look at all of us and it's going to say are you with Christ are you a, are, you know they're going to look and say what's different about you and Paul's saying here this is what the difference is the difference is we do not act towards one another like those who are not going to be in that colony, those who are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. That's that first list, right? When you're living in the flesh, you're living as not inheritance. Mm-hmm. Greg, would yeah. you say that that, so if you ask the question, what does it mean to inherit the kingdom? Do you feel like that's what Paul is doing, answering that question? When he says the fruit of the Spirit, does that mean mm-hmm. this is what it means to inherit the kingdom? Yes. Well, so this this is what it means to live in live that in the kingdom. Kingdom is you are you're seeing this fruit. Right. But would you say right. fruit and inheritance are synonyms? I mean, is he kind of saying? I would probably um, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably call yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I would think inheritance is more of well. Is let's go to it. Let's let's take a look from them because inheritance is a little bit more of what he means in twenty four. Okay, so those who belong to Christ. So now think of we've in the inheritance. What's the inheritance? And he's trying to remind them of that. Mm-hmm. This is after he's done the fruit. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's saying this is what it looks like if you live under the world, yeah, in the flesh. This is what it looks like when you're living. In Christ, yeah. why does it look that way? Because those who belong, so if you belong to Christ, you've inherited. And what is that? What have you inherited? <laughs> if I'm going to go this way, that you listen to the language. Paul does language here that just, if you really goes to what you said about, if you really get who we are, we would never act like, never exhibit that first list. We would never live in the flesh again, Mm. ever. Mm. If you really get verse 24, you would never, ever live in the flesh again. Why? Because those who belong to Christ Jesus, everywhere else Paul talks about crucifixion, it is about that Christ was crucified for us, right? To bring us into the inheritance. Now that we're in the inheritance, we are to do what with crucifixion? We are now active. It's always what crucified did something to us. 
Now Paul's saying, this is awesome. Paul's now saying, because you now belong to Christ, you are now going to crucify. You get to be now Jesus who crucifies. Okay? What do you crucify? The flesh. The flesh. (laughs) You now have the power of the Spirit living in you, and now you have crucified, and yet, listen to the language, you've already done it, inheritance. It's already, God's already done this for you. He's already crucified flesh. Why do you think for a moment you can be living in the flesh still? It's already been done. It's crucified. It's already dead in you. But he's giving this active voice, like saying, we have to continually sort of also continue to crucify that flesh. The passions and desires that come at us. Uh What do we do with it? Fruit represents life. Crucifixion represents death. Guess what? There is something we get to kill. (laughs) We don't kill one another anymore. We kill what? We kill that flesh in us. Yeah, exactly. So when you have those passions and those desires, you crucify them. (laughs) You've been given through the power of the Spirit the ability to crucify those passions and desires. I, 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 yeah. To me, we have. I'm going to just be blunt. I have to think about this myself all the time. I have no excuse. We have no excuse to live in the flesh, ever. I never have an excuse. Except we're still surrounded by it. We are surrounded by it because <laughs> we are living in the present evil age. Yeah. But Paul says. We have, been cruci- we have crucified the flesh. Yeah. So this Which, is one of Satan's big jobs, is just to continue yeah. to distract us. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So and when we do show, everything's just getting like visually put on us. Where you go back to Hebrews, and yeah. the, the, the crucifixion, as you describe it, is annihilating. It's just totally wrenching us down to such a low level of what was done to Christ. And we have to do the same. It's and I'm and it's not just that we have to do the same. It's what he's trying to emphasize. It's yes, already it's been already done in us. Okay. <laughs> how, how do we live it out? It, right. It, well, this this is with Jeff. You were asking the connection between the inheritance of the fruit, da, 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 all this, yeah. and this is that that question. So, I got a text the other night from my ex-wife talking about my eldest son and pray for him because he's deciding whether or not to uh, you know give himself to Christ. Hmm. Okay. On the surface, all right, that's cool. But on the other hand, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He doesn't have to give himself to Christ. This is the, do we behave with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, general self-control? Or do those things start to become who we are once we belong to Christ and accept the reality that we have, that Christ has crucified our flesh for us? And as a result, that immersion, that accepting that inheritance, right? We will bear the fruit. Those things will just start coming out of us. We will be the fruit. And how? Because, because how is he yeah. who has begun a good work? A good work. What does it say? 
We'll complete it. We'll complete it. So it sounds to me like an ongoing process. It, it That's right. Right. And so you just you can't. Yeah, you're constantly right. cruising. You're just I mean, being right, right. Because right now, let's say you say something to me, Steve, yeah. that just pisses me off. Okay. Right. All right. Or I mean. If so you just so much as think it's killing me. Right, okay. I mean, you know, he came over and just put a new toilet in my house, all right? And if I'm like, all of a sudden there's a leak and I'm going, what a... And I just get super angry at him, okay? I mean, right there I have a choice. Am I going to live in Christ? Am I going to live in the world? Okay? We are constantly given that choice day by day. Second by second. You guys shared that when we talked about the sins we commit every day, right? Right. So we have, it's that light switch again we keep talking about. We have those decisions to make, and what Paul's saying here is it's already happened in you. You have no excuse to let those passions and desires and that flesh overcome you. Mm -hmm. You now have the very spirit of God. Mm -hmm. You can no longer say, I'm sorry. It overtook me. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't help myself. Right. We cannot say that if we are truly have the Spirit and live us in us. We have no excuse. We cannot say, I'm sorry. I couldn't control myself. That's true, but we also know from Scripture that we can say, I'm sorry, and he forgives us 70 times, 70 times. <laughs> yes, we can. That's right. Thank, well, yes. Thankfully, we can. Yeah, yeah, based on my life, way more. <laughs> and you're still young. <laughs> no, can you imagine? <laughs> We're all the same age. We're all the same, same age. age in Christ. The We're all going to the same place. All right. So Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on. So, um, so we can tell you a lot about what we shouldn't be doing. Let's just go through somewhat quickly just taking a look at this list I want you to take a look at the list of the fruit of the spirit this is the Ned Flanders section yeah (laughs) yeah take a look at the fruit of the spirit why don't you just take a look at that list and what do you notice about that list overall what is this what does this list we sort of categorized the list of the sins the flesh how would you categorize this list just overall Give us a hint, because I can't remember how we categorize the other list. Well, we, we categorize into different things like sexual sins and to, oh. um, into religious sins. But when Paul talks about the fruit of the Spirit, what's he focusing on here? What's his focus on this fruit? It's what? The, 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 the self, the individual. Is the first, it? The first well, few are I, about the self, individual. I is it? I think, yeah. Love, joy, peace, and and those love, then, joy, peace. Okay. And those then transcend into a, a, a so larger. So love scenario. about ourselves? No. No. It's how we treat others. Well, hold on. Yeah. Hmm. Ah. Yeah. What is first? Yeah. You must <laughs> learn what? How to love yourself? No. Yes. No. no. Hold, no. You, well, you love God with all your heart and all your mind, and all your soul. That right. then teaches you how to love yourself, so no. that you can then love your neighbor. No. Like yourself. No. No. That is actually a mistranslation of that verse. That, that verse is not saying you've got to love yourself to love your neighbor. No, it doesn't say you've got to. It doesn't say love yourself 
as so you can love your neighbor. Just love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. It assumes you already love yourself. Yeah, who exactly. doesn't who doesn't take care of their own body? Right. Right. That's right. Like that. So, but I'd say ninety percent of the population, do they love themselves? No. Well, yeah, but they're, but they're still self-obsessed. Even right. if they're doing self-harm, yeah. it's really all about them. Is you know what? So what does this list look? So if you take a look at this list, I like list, doing heroin. Here you go, neighbor. Yeah. So just take a look at the first two of this list. Well, the first. Well, just take a look at the first couple: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. What do What do these represent? Do you have anybody who has this character? Yes. Who? John. <laughs> and, 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 and. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think Paul is describing the character? Who do you think Paul is no. describing the character of here? Christ. 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 Yes. He is. A, and what is God? God is love. Love. Okay. I mean, Paul's describing this is the very character of who God is. Yes, indeed. It's not just. It's not just a doing. It's coming out of this is who God is. God is love. All right. Because God is love, God acts lovingly. Okay, I guess you could say. All right. So you're describing something. Even when Paul, when we look at the like the word patience here, patience is a mistranslation of that word. The word does not mean patience. The word is like the word hesed in the Old Testament, which means long suffering. Mm-hmm. Someone who is willing. It's the forgiveness. It's the I am going to suffer long for another. Someone can keep doing this to seven times seventy. All right. Yeah. I will keep forgiving. I'll keep forgiving. God is love. God is long suffering. Okay. Um, actually, in Romans two four, it talks about how um, God is he long suffering and kind. These are God. God is good. All right. You're seeing what Paul's describing here is actually the very character of God that we have now have living inside of us, which we now are to be living out through the through the Spirit. On that point, this yeah, yes. Spirit is capitalized. So you said the character yes. of God. Is this the Holy Spirit? It because is. Because the Spirit is it capitalized? Is, it is. Well, for Paul, I would say probably everywhere, as a, a, without getting too much into the discussion, we capitalize the word Spirit because actually in Greek, nothing, it's all just one thing. When Paul talks about uses um, pneuma, pneuma. When Paul uses that word, he, I want to say, almost always across the board is referring to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Okay, the Spirit inside of us. Even when he says you have spiritual gifts, these are gifts of the Spirit inside of us because we have the Spirit inside of us. So he doesn't mean spiritual in the sense like we think of spiritual. Old people can be spiritual. Spiritual literally means it is the spirit in us. It is the power of the spirit. So when you're seeing it here, the fruit of the spirit is that, because if you remember in Galatians, what did Paul say? Going back to Galatians 3, 1 through 5, that our faith in Christ, we have been given the spirit of God, which is what enables us to live this way. We cannot live this way without the spirit of God. It is that power inside of us to live that way. Well, and that might have been, like, for any of the Greeks, 
what he's seeing here, because I think a lot of these would have been virtues that they would be familiar with in their culture and that kind yeah, of thing. Right? Yeah, right. Uh-huh. But the whole way of manifesting these virtues is, is radically different. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Because well, look what I mean, well look what it says about how are we how are we to be doing all this? Look and again look at the bracketing. <laughs> okay. But I say walk by the Spirit. Remember we had that whole last time about walking by the Spirit? Okay, so he says, Walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. How do we not do that list? Not by Greg saying you have no excuse <laughs> to not do it. You're you're doing it because you're going to be walking in the Spirit. It's the power of God living in us. And that power is the power that, that rose Jesus from the dead. If you think you cannot not do this, if you think, oh my gosh, how do I like not gratify the desires of the flesh? Do you get that you have the Spirit of God living in you that it says in Romans 8 is the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead. Mm-hmm. Sure. That, and you can't do what? <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, I keep hearing John 15 where Jesus is saying, abide in me, right? It, you realize this is like... As the fruit. Right. Exactly. So, but it's like, at the heart of this is like it's intimacy, right? Like right. It's, like it's friendship. Like, it's not, Absolutely. It's not obedience. Or, well, I guess it is obedience, but he's going, <clears throat> ultimately, this is friendship. This yeah. is intimacy. Yeah. Right. By, live in me. That's what he Live by the Spirit. Right. Which he, like, I mean, I think that word where he's saying, like, then you belong to Christ, right? You're like, oh, that's, that's huge, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. This is... It's not this striving, it's this like remaining. Right. <laughs> Remain in me. Right. The right. the the the, the uh, what's the word? Not the the, the willing slave. Mm-hmm. The bond slave. Think of back to the theoretical deal of insecurity mm-hmm. being a root of all this, and then think of the word belong. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone that's right. <laughs> All the insecurity in any person is uh, a need to belong, a need to feel worthy and loved and uh, have a place in, in, in the scheme of the world. So the criminal's like a renegade, and he's angry, and he's out. Certainly. He doesn't belong to anybody. No. And I guess we're all born with the innate desire to belong, mm-hmm. to be loved, and it's frustrated in so many cases. Somebody might get lucky and marry a wonderful woman and feel like, you know, I belong to her and she belongs to me, and they get they get that plus. But everybody needs a, a spiritual belonging. Right? right. Well, that. So, I, what made me think of it is when you were talking about that. Gosh, how can we live in the spirit? How can we just? So I'm thinking to myself, I'm just going to use that word. I'm, I'm going to use that word this week. I'm just going to think, well, I, I belong to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Because that sets, me, that sets me in a place where my you know, consciousness can kind of get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. That's good. You, you did buy and pay for it, right? <laughs> right. Well, yeah. But the, that, that, what you're talking about, that place, that's the thing. That, like, you know, you pray to God that speak to those, everyone in the world that know that they, we are the inheritors. <coughs> Of this kingdom, <coughs> and yeah, and my son that's doing it. When I talk to him on the phone, I can hear in his voice this 
this lack of confidence mm -hmm. yeah. that I know the only way he's ever going to find that confidence is when he gets that from God, mm -hmm. when he has that intimate relationship and knows that he belongs. Then he'll be grounded. I know the world is not a place that he's ever going to find confidence. You know, and I think we're all here probably for the same reason. <laughs> so the thing, so when you say about belonging, it's, the I thing brought that, it up because it's in verse twenty-four. It's right. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. The thing not to forget is what this list of the fruit of the spirit looks like, and what we talked about about walking in the spirit a couple weeks ago. The fruit of the Spirit is about my actions towards another. How I live with each of you. How I live with my wife when I go home. How I live when I'm driving down the street. It is the way we show that we are this community of heaven here on earth. It's about how we treat one another. Ultimately, that's what this, the fruit of the Spirit which is why it starts with love. <laughs> okay, all those characteristics is the way in which we are to others. Are we gentle others? Are we kind towards others? Are we good towards others? Are we faithful to others? Are we gentle with others? Are we are we bringing peace to a situation? I mean, these are community ways in which we should look different than the world. And I heard someone um, actually it was Gordon Fee. Think, yeah, said this that he heard from someone he doesn't even remember where he heard it from but I thought it was just a really good way of thinking what love is from God's perspective which really goes back I think ultimately love is defined in Philippians 2 um, and so the, the, the saying is that love begins and think of how different this is from the world's definition of love love begins when someone else's need is more important than my own. Mm -hmm. right. Because if I feel confident, I'm going to go to what you said about belonging. If I feel confident enough that I really truly belong in Christ, all right? Belong to Him. Belong to Him, sorry. Belong to Christ. The way I'm going to treat others, okay, is by showing that their need is more important than my own because that's exactly what Christ did and he did in Philippians 2. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens when I do that? How does that other person feel? They feel like they belong. <laughs> it's like, wow, you would do that for me? I mean, if you want to see what makes a difference in this world mm -hmm. is when you reach out and you say, you, you do something that says, I'm going to sacrifice myself and my needs for the sake of you is exactly what it says in Philippians 2. That that, and it says that's what we are to do. And why? Because that's exactly what Christ did for us on the cross. So we get to tell the whole world what we get to tell each other constantly. By me sacrificing something for John, I'm saying to John, look how valuable you are. And we keep doing, we do that to the other, to ourselves, and we do that to the world. There's no more flesh. <laughs> We've crucified it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also, Jesus said, as you've done to the least of these, you've done unto me. Right. So if we belong to him, we are his servants. Exactly. And so he's saying, well, you can't really serve me because I'm in heaven. But the least of these, that, that's me. Right. Thanks. Because then what do we do? We are. Well, we have the spirit inside of us, which is the spirit of Christ that lives in us. So when we do that for others, we are Christ to the world. <laughs> we literally are the living Christ to the world. That's what the fruit of the spirit is. is saying, I'm Christ to you. I'm Christ's servant. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, got to, I got to see that today with my daughter. We were coming home, but I was bringing her home from school, and we stopped, and there was this old guy that was just, like, his wife, they're both very elderly, his wife was helping the old guy walk to the car, and he was, he must have been sitting down for quite a while, because his legs were just, he's all bent over, Elizabeth just drops everything, and goes to the guy and says, can I help, can I help uh-huh. you guys get to the car, right, and so... They go, no, he's just got to get his legs working. He'll be all right. And so she comes back and we watch him. And here, he, he drives the car. <laughs> We're like, oh, oh my goodness. But yeah, the fact that she just like dropped everything. Wow. You know, and just went there you go. That's that That's cool. humility and meekness that he's looking for. Yeah. That Christ is looking for. Right on. Yeah. Hey, great. Can I uh, can I read the, those these quick four verses? Yeah, it'd be a good way to probably yeah. close us then too. Yeah, I, um, it's uh, Philippians two. It's uh, yep. it's really pretty. Um, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And now keep reading all the way through. Keep Because yeah. now, see, he said that because this is what Christ Jesus Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God mm-hmm. something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under and under and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Done. Pretty much says it all, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it start, goes back to what we just all started. It's like, this is who we are in Christ. He died for us, and now we live that out towards others, dying for others, being that servant, that slave. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jesus talking about John the Baptist and going, you know, the least of these right. is the greatest in heaven. Yeah. And after talking about a great John the Baptist. Can you close us, Steve, in prayer? Yeah, thanks. Oh, Father God, we just praise you and uh, thank you that we can uh, meet freely, Lord, and not be frightened for our well-being. Help us not take that for granted. 
Lord, help us to uh, go out the rest of this week and look, <clears throat> pay attention to how we can help others. Right? Help us uh, take that time to, to step out of our busy world and, and pour into somebody else's world. Mm-hmm. We pray blessings over everyone tonight and their family members. And uh, we just thank you for what you do for us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.